Hello and welcome to the Angel of Words video podcast. Today, I will be releasing my exclusive interview with NBA champion Serge Abaka. Done a little bit last year and, um, you know, I hope my people out there enjoy. Uh, pretty action-packed, so uh, you may want to stick around and listen to it. But in addition to that, I want to talk about something that is very important to me and has been for a few years. I wouldn't say a few years. I say about like 20 plus years. And that's what's been going on with these guys. With those New York Knickerbockers. I have no idea at all what is going on with this squad. But I'll tell you one thing. I've had to abandon them. And I've gotten a lot of flack for abandoning the New York Knicks this season. But I had to. It had to be done. Sometimes you have to leave a toxic relationship behind and hope the person becomes a better person and wants to re-enter your life in the correct way. The Knicks have had one division title since the year 2000, the year that James Dolan took over. And look, I own my own company. James Dolan owns his own company and he owns the Knicks. He is allowed to do whatever he feels is appropriate for the New York Knickerbockers. But I'm telling you right now, NBA fans, New York Knicks fans, if you want to show the owner that you are upset with what's been going on with the franchise over the last 20 years, you got to stop supporting them. You got to stop going to the games. You got to stop accepting free tickets from guys that get season tickets and no longer want to go because they stink. You know what I'm saying? You, you have to not be involved with the Knicks anymore. The only thing I view the Knicks on is the Knicks fan page on Facebook just to keep a long eye as to what is going on. But I can no longer subject myself to viewing mediocrity. And I don't think that any of you Knicks fans deserve that as well. There is too much great basketball right now happening in the NBA to allow that the franchise in, a mark, in one of the biggest marquee cities in the NBA, a franchise whose city is like the bedrock of the NBA, a city which every single nationality plays ball against one another. Blacks against Asians, Jews against Irish, Asians against Middle Eastern, Latinos against blacks. We're always, always playing ball against one another. It's what brings us together. It's what brings the hood together with Wall Street. You know what I'm saying? It was what bring baby mamas together with like single men. The Knicks are a iconic franchise in this city but they're not performing and we can no longer let them continue on with this disrespect that they have for the fans of this city when George Steinbrenner was disrespecting the Yankees and the Yankee fans the Yankee fans stopped going to the game Steinbrenner was suspended and eventually they had to rebuild a culture of winning.
And that is what needs to happen now. And in order for that to happen, we have to show Knicks management that we are no longer going to support this franchise. That if I want to go see the best players in the NBA, I will go to Brooklyn if I have to. Not a trip I want to make, but it's not inconveniencing to me. To be completely honest with you. And I know a lot of y'all going to be like, oh, you got to ride a dab, orange and blue through thick and thin. No. No, because if I felt like they were doing their best and respecting the culture of what it is to be a Nick fan, then I would stick by them. But when you got stupid issues, you know what I mean? Like with Spike Lee, the biggest fan, dude spending millions of dollars to go watch the Knicks, and you're treating him like a regular, and then putting it out in the media. I don't care what you do with your house policies, but that stuff should stay in-house. There is no reason why Spike Lee should be on first take discussing the treatment that the franchise that he is synonymous with is treating him like a dirt bag. Charles Oakley getting treated like a dirt bag. Us fans are getting treated like dirt bags. And I can no longer subject myself to that. And I won't. I'll be keeping an eye on the Knicks from a distance, hoping that they get their act together. But unfortunately, there's just way too much good basketball, way too many elite basketball players on different franchises for me to focus my energy, the small amount of time that I have. I cannot dedicate that time no longer to watching New York Knicks basketball. And I hope you can forgive me. And if you call me a whack fan for that, I really don't care because that's what it is and that's what it's going to be. But I hope you enjoy this interview with Serge Ibaka. It's dope, NBA champion, and uh, I think y'all will rock with it. How you doing, Serge Ibaka? This is um, Angel Quiles from Blue Magazine. Uh, thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. Doing well, man. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, this is NBA champion, Serge Ibaka. Uh, how you feeling right now, man? You just won the title not too long ago. Yeah, I feel blessed, man. You know, I'm so thankful for, you know, this moment. I'm just feel blessed, man. You know, I can't ask for more, man. You know, uh... God, be, God, he been so great uh, with me. So all I can, you know, all I can say is trust, trust him, and uh, you know, thank him for everything. Now, now, Serge, like, was there any point in the NBA season where you realized that your team had the best chance to win the title? Yeah, you know, yeah. Since the beginning of the season, you know, when we got, we got Kawhi. Kawhi and Danny Green, and uh, you know, I, I really know we had a chance at least to, you know, to you know to make the conference final. And then when we when we got when we traded for uh, Magazon, and when we got Magazon uh, second half of the season, you know, that's where you know 
and uh, you know, I start feeling it. I start feeling that like you know, we got we got great team. You know, we did so. That's you know, that's where I start feeling that. Now that must have been fun to have Mark on the team. You guys played together, you know, in in uh, Spain. How was that like, man? That must have been crazy when you got the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was easy, easy, you know, easy for us, you know, you know, to connect, to connect, and to work together because you know, we, we, we already know each other before, and then we play with each other uh, in the Spanish national team before, so you know, it was easy and, and it was fun. Now, Serge, what was the biggest lesson you learned? Because you've been to the NBA Finals before, but you won it this time. What was the biggest lesson you learned from winning the title? Like, what it takes to be a champion? You know, what it takes to be a champion, you know, is like a, is a sacrifice, man. You know, it's a sacrifice. And um, you, have, you, have, you, have, you have to be willing to sacrifice for your team, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, a lot, every team have a, a lot of uh, talented players. Talented players, players who can score twenty or thirty every night. Easier, you know. You guys have guys, but you know, it's not really a lot of teams that guys really, who guys really willing, willing to to sacrifice, you know, to play for the team, you know, to play both hands on the floor. And it take a lot, you know, to only playing both hands on the floor and uh, you know, be out there for your team. And it take a lot. That's one of the good things about us. You know, we everybody had that mindset, and uh, that's why we, we were so successful. Uh, I mean, last year or this season or whatever. Now, now, Serge, would you say Kawhi Leonard is the best player you've ever played with, or oh, he's oh he's up there with the best players you ever played with? Uh it's up there. You know, I played with great players like uh, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant before. You know, and even DeRozan. So you know, and uh, he, he's up there. All right. He's up there for sure, you know, because you know, you know, we don't want to forget about Kevin Durant, man. You know. No, of course, no, of course not. So you know, it is a different moment, you know, and he he was a different team, you know, different players, with different mindset, a different time, you know. Yeah. Now and that's your friend, man. Like, how do you? How does it feel when you see your friend go down with an injury like that? Because I know you and Durant were close. You know, you played together for years. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. You know, at the end of the day, you know, even we compete, even I wanted to, you know, to, to, to win against him. But, you know, going down like that, you know, you know, it's something I'm not going to wish to anybody. I don't care. You know, even if, if, even if somebody is not my friend like Kevin is, you know, Kevin is my friend. But even if he wasn't, even if he was not my friend, still as a player, I'm going to still know, you know, I'm going to still be happy or wish somebody goes down like that, any player. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, I would not like that to happen to me too. So I, I don't wish that to anybody. You know, it doesn't matter if we're friend or no. Yeah. And then, like you say, Katie is my friend too. So you know, the way it happened, you know, it's not tough. It's not tough. Yeah. Now, so, you know, what was tough also, you know, you came from, you know, a rough, you know, not an easy surroundings, you know, it was, you didn't have a, a path like a lot of players in the NBA do, you know. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your upbringing or your parents? I know you have a lot of brothers and sisters. Yeah, I have like an 18 year brother, sister. Uh, I come from a big family. And uh, like you say, you know, it was not easy you yeah. know, to get my way here, you know, but, you know, uh, like I always say, you know, anything's possible. You yeah. Know? And uh, I always tell a lot of kids, like, you know, one thing about the dream, about dreaming is free. 
you don't you don't have to be you don't have to be rich or or you don't have to have you know you don't have to be rich or whatever to to dream because the dream is free. So that's one of the first things I had with me. I didn't have you know a lot of things, but one thing I had for sure because it was free. It was a dream, you know. Then I when I start to dream and then uh, you know you know put my dream uh, you know into work. And I had to put a lot of work to be where I'm on now. So, you know, um, yeah, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work, a lot of patience. And, you know, now it's paying off. Now, were your parents both athletes, Serge? Yeah, my, my dad, my dad, my, my mom and my dad, they used to play basketball. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful. So that's where you got some of the, you know, the, the, the talent from, the, the parents. Yeah, that's what I got, you know, the love of basketball, you know, yeah. Now, I mean, you also played in Spain, you know, club level. Um, have, have did your people out there in Spain, ex teammates, ex coaches, your mentor, did he reach out to you? You know, when you won, like, you know, what was that like? Were they very happy for you? Yeah, yeah, everybody was happy for me. You know, a lot of people, people who know me for from long time. You know, a lot of people were happy. You know, people who know me, you know, they know like how 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 was for me, you know, to be here where I am now. You know, people who know me, they know how, you know, how, how hard I work every day. You know, how, you know, I put a lot of time in the gym. You know, you know, to be, you know, to be the player I'm now. You know, and uh, you know, it's not easier. But people who know me, you know, they know like what what it takes. So you know, you know, to be in this position. So of course, they were happy for me. Now, how did you celebrate, Serge? Did you buy anything? You know, did you go anywhere? Like, you know, like the world is your oyster now. You're a champion. Like, has you know, what have you done? Uh, you know, one of the one of the first things I did was, you know, I took I took my daughter. I took my daughter to vacation. Oh, beautiful! And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we spent time together, and uh, you know, of course. I had to, you know, take my, my time and have fun. But one of the most important things I did is, you know, I just, I just came back, I just came back from uh, home in Congo in Africa. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, I, I took the trophy with me. Oh, beautiful. Congo. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's what the, to me, yeah, I took the trophy Congo to show, you know, my people, to show my family, you know, to show our kids out there, to inspire them. Because I know, you know, all of us, we used to see, you know, the NBA trophy only on TV, you know, but, you know, that's one of the things I did, like, I took the trophy out there and, uh, you know, everybody was happy, exciting to see the trophy. Were you treated like a hero, Serge? Were you treated like a hero out there? What, you know, were you excited about that? Yeah, I was, I was excited, yeah. I was very excited because, to me, that's all the dream to me, you know, dream come true. You know, I wanted to, you know, I always wanted to, you know, to, to inspire a lot of kids, you know, back home. Because since I was the first and only one, the first one who made, you know, the NBA, you know. And then I wanted to, to inspire them, you know, to, to let them know, you know, it's not, it's no matter where you come from or who you are or what, what, what family you come from, you know, you can still, you can still reach your goal. Or, you know, you can still make your dreams come true, you know. And uh, with hard work and uh, good patience and discipline, and uh, anything possible. So that's why I took the trophy to the back home. 
So have you even thought about the upcoming NBA season or have you been just enjoying your time right now? No, one thing about me, one thing about me, I always work hard. I always, I always want to get better. You know, no matter, no matter where I am or what I have, you know, because the first thing I love the game about basketball, you know? Yeah. Like I say, my mom and my dad, my mom and my dad used to play basketball. So, since I was young, you know, uh, you know, I fall in love with basketball because of them. Yeah. So, one thing about basketball, I just love to play the game. You know, and I love to enjoy my, you know, enjoy, enjoy watching myself game better. So, you know, I've been working, I've been working hard all summer. You know, I'm no such a friend. What, what do you expect? Yeah. Sorry. Because I, I believe, you know, I have another level to reach, you know. Oh, sorry, Serge. I was just asking, what are your expectations for the Raptors this season and yourself? Do you see yourself making an all-star game? That's a great all the, point. All the hard work, you know, all the hard work, you put things you did, you was putting on your way up there to reach that goal, you didn't reach the goal, but all, all your all your hard work, and it's going to pay off in different ways. But sometimes we so, we so focused, we so focused on a, on our goal, and we forget like all the blessing, all the, all the blessing we have left right, because you, you so focusing on your goal, right? Yes. So one thing I just learned about it because all those years uh, in the NBA, I did try to be on. I did try to. I did. Work, I did try to work so hard to be an All Star. I never. I never get selected to be an All Star. But sometimes I, I was. I used to think like, you know, um, I'm just wasting my time or whatever. But yeah. the truth is not because 
at the end of the day, all the hard work I'll be putting uh, I'll be putting in to try to reach my goal. Even I didn't reach my goal, but now the same hard work will be paying me off because now 10 years I'll be playing the league. I just won my first NBA champ, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's because of all those hard work I, I was trying to put, I was putting trying to reach my goal, you know? Yeah, you never so failed. You never failed. You're just learning lessons you know, along the way. You never if you if you if you put a lot of hard work to uh, to try to reach your goal and even you don't reach your goal you, you don't you, you didn't lose you're still winning because you get you 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 getting better some somewhere exactly like, wow. mm-hmm. but you don't know because you, you, because we just focus on your goal so it's the same you know and last year I tried to work hard and uh, to be an all star <laughs> I didn't make the all star but guess what I played my best. Uh, Basketball season in, in my career in the NBA. Yeah. No, you're a right. beast, Serge. You had a great you had a great season, man. Come on, you, a lot of people so, wish they had the year you had. So you know, now I'm gonna go back to your question about you know my goal. My goal this year, I'm gonna work hard to try to try to make the All Star, and I'm gonna work hard to try to have my team to win and win the championship. That's always you have, you have, you, have, you have to always you know have some standards and your goal. Right? Yes. So, that's my goal. And because when you have a big goal and big vision and big dream, you, it's going to push you to work harder because it's big. If you have a small uh, goal, you know, or you dream small, you're going to work small. That makes, you know? so makes sense. So, my goal is always big. My, my uh, you know, my dream is always big. So, that's why I have to work hard, even harder. Because I know it's big. Exactly. Now, sir, yeah. now, like you said, you've been in, you know, you've been in the league 10 years now, right? And this is a fashion magazine. Um, has your style changed over the years? Do you feel like you're, you're a lot better dresser than you were when you first got into the league? Of course, yeah. You know, it, uh, of course, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm, I'm a lot better dressing, dresser now. I'm going to tell you why. There's a lot of facts, you know. It's not always about uh, how you dress or not. There's a lot of facts out there, you know. So one of, one of the biggest facts is like, you know, with you know with years, you know, with years, you're always gonna get better at doing something, right? Yes. And uh, that's not that's one fa- that's one uh, factor, you know. The second one is. Uh, the second one is, um, you know, of course, it, it's different, you know, when you, you know, different, you know, how you dress, you know, when you was living in Congo, and then when you in India after five, six, seven years. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, even like, even I always say, I always say to people, fashion is not about specific things, right? Yes. But, and that part, that's a big, a big, you know, big change, big difference. Right? I'm not saying because now I'm an MBA and now I can, you know, wear a designer. I'm just saying, you know, of course, you, you, your style is going to change, you know. When you, when, you know, when you live in Congo, you know, you have money, you're on the street. Then when you come to MBA after six, seven years, of course, your style is going gonna, gonna, gonna to get better. But the most important is, you know, the taste of fashion. You know, how you know the fashion? Because one thing about me, even since I was in Congo, 
I didn't have money to buy all the things I'm buying right now or to wear all the things. You know, but I always had a good sense of fashion, right? So that's something you cannot you cannot buy with money. Sir, do you have any do you have any people in particular that you like to wear, or it it really doesn't matter. Whatever you like, you put it on. Well, you know, you know, like me personally, because I'm I'm so tall, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, you know, like it's a lot a lot of designer I like to wear. You know, I like I like like I like Balmain, I like uh, Valentino. Uh, like your, you know, other uh, designer, but sometimes, you know, it's hard because they don't really have big size. Right? Yeah. But the good thing about it, you know, in last, the good thing about it, in last, um, in last, in last five years, you know, all the designer, they be doing um, an oversized clothes. Yeah. The big, so like, really, yeah, for, for taller really people, for taller men, yeah. No, no. I don't think they do that for tall men mm-hmm. or tall people, but they just do oversize. It, it, that's the trending right now. Okay. And then for us, for tall people, it benefits for us because then we can wear those those things. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So that that's really has to lot. Got you. Got you. So, uh, Serge, I don't want to take up most of your time, but we're gonna ask you one last question, right? How's things with you and Miss Hilson? Hilson, everything okay? You guys are good. That's beautiful, good friend. That's yeah, beautiful. Good. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good friend. All right, that's perfect, man. You know, well, good friend, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you, Serge Ibaka. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you for your candor, and thank you for your well wishes to everybody out there. And uh, have a great, great night, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Well, folks, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. We're on TuneIn right now. Uh, as well as Spotify and Apple Music. You know, click those notification bells so you know when the Angel of Word podcast is about to go on. And uh, keep on listening, my people. Talk to you later.